All right, let's turn to Galatians chapter number 5. It's always a blessing to be able to preach the Word of God. And I'm thankful for that grace as we run our race. Uh, we need it every single day, so thankful for that song. I appreciate that. Galatians chapter number 5, we'll stand as we normally do. Galatians chapter number 5, we'll all stand. We're going to read just one verse and then we'll be seated. It says, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? It says, You did run well. And we're going to talk about that tonight, what distracts us from running our race, what causes us uh, to be hindered. Because let's be honest, who hinders us? Well, it's usually us. We get in our own way most of the time. We can blame it on somebody else, blame it on other people, blame it on circumstances. But really and truly, we just get in our own way when we're running the race. So if you did run well, why aren't you running well now? We're going to talk about that. You can go ahead and be seated. So the Galatians, and uh, the preacher went through this book uh, a little while back and did an amazing job just expounding the different truths of the, the book of Galatians. But he talked about the fact that this was uh, the difference between uh, license, uh, liberty, and those different things. But they were stuck on the law. They said, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And so they're looking back this entire time. Like They got saved. They're born again. They were running well. They were doing great. Everything was going along fantastic, this church at Galatia. And then something creeped in. And the old, the old Jewish ways creeped in, and they, they kept looking back at the law. They said, well, well you know, Jesus, he saved us, but, you know, you still got you still to do these things over here if you're really going to make it to heaven. You still got to do these things back here if you're really... And they got distracted from their race. They had their eyes on Jesus. They were running their race. Everything was going great. And then they were hindered. You did run well. And I believe, honestly, if, if, we're, if we're truthful with ourselves, we fall into that category many times where we were running well. We were, things were going along great. We were doing it. Things just seemed to be going amazing. God's working. Things are looking up. People around you are getting saved. You're witnessing. You're telling people about Jesus. Things are going great. But something happened. And you were one of these has-beens. You did run well. So let's talk about it tonight. First of all, the reason why we did run well, maybe we're not running well so much anymore, is because we had a wrong focus on the past. The past messes a lot of people up. Let's be honest, it really does. It messes a lot of people up. Uh, and most of it is past failures. Well, I messed up back here, so God just can't use me. I messed up, I did such, something so bad, God, how could he possibly use me? Well, when you think about that, who wrote this book? A murderer wrote this book. Paul was a murderer. He sat there and killed Christians. If he didn't do it with his bare hands, he was the one that gave the orders. He's still a murderer. He gave the orders, killing Christians. God says, I can use that. All he's got to do is just surrender to me. I can use that. Can you imagine that? Think about it. That doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, that's the guy that if I was God, that I would just snuff out, be done with him. I mean, he's killing my children. He's killing my people. God says, no, that's not how I work. He's like, I'm going to take that ruined person, that just, just messed up person, and I'm going to turn him into one of the most amazing preachers there ever has been. The Apostle Paul. Are you kidding me? He used a murderer. If he can use that guy, 
then he can use any one of us. I, I mean, I hate, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise a hand because I'm, I'm be embarrassed if somebody raised their hand and said, yeah, we killed somebody. But, um, but I, I highly doubt we've got any murderers in the room tonight. Really, I, I doubt it. So if God can use him, what's our excuse? Well, we do get focused on the past, focused on past failures. I'm not good enough. God can't use me. How about this? We get, we get discouraged when things don't quite go our way. We remember those times when, oh, well, I went soul winning last opset and nobody got saved. And the opset before that, nobody got saved. And the opset before that, I, I didn't reach anybody. Nobody got saved. It just doesn't work. And they get discouraged. Does soul winning work? It absolutely does. We know it does. We've experienced it. But we can go through a time where it seems like there's a dry spell. Man, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're passing out gospel tracts. We're doing all those things. We're, we're going, I mean, just harassing everybody at the pumps like Brother Robbie harassed me the other day. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, everybody picks on Brother Robbie, sits up front. And uh, so I'm, I'm witness, witnessing to this guy passing out a gospel tract, and Brother Robbie's over there, hey, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to tell this person about Jesus, but you need him too. Here, you take that. <laughs> But, no, but it, it just seems like no matter what you're doing, sometimes it's just it's a dry spell. Let's be honest. I think we've all been there. But then the rain comes. Brother, Brother Brian's experienced that just recently. Been praying for coworkers for quite a while, different coworkers. Seeing people get saved. The rain's coming. Dry spell's ended for a little while. Dry spell may come again. But we don't worry about what's happened in the past. Don't get discouraged by the stuff that used to be. Because I think that's where you did run well happens to us. Man, we're going along, we're excited about the things of God. We're excited about what God's doing in the church. And God's been doing some amazing things in the church recently, has He not? He has been. People have been getting right. People have been getting things uh, taken care of, getting things cleared up that have been bothering them for years and years. I'm talking about decades worth of bitterness and things like that that have been going on in people's lives that you didn't even know about. I didn't know about. And God's just clearing that stuff up. Hey. I mean, we're, we're right on the verge of God just doing something just completely amazing here. Amen. I don't know if y'all feel that, but that's exactly what's going on because people are getting right. God's children are getting right. God's children are getting rid of that bitterness, getting rid of that sin all those things that are keeping us tied down, keeping us in that you did, you did run well category, that has-been category. I don't want to be a has-been. The Galatians turned into a bunch of has-beens because they were focused on the past. They were focused on that law. and That law was just discouraging them. Man, I can't keep this. I can't do this. And they stayed discouraged. You did run well. Don't worry about that stuff in the past. There's really nothing you can do about it now. That's where it's at. It's in the past. You can't change it. Good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. You can't change it. So don't let it affect what's going on today. So past failures. God can't use me. Man, nobody's been getting saved lately. I've been witnessing nobody's been getting saved. It just doesn't work anymore. Oh, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. I said this in, um, in men's prayer, I don't know how many months ago I, was, I gave the challenge, but... Uh, Focusing on failure 
And that's what happens when we're focused on the past failures and we fall into this, this you did run well category. We focus on failure. F- focusing on failure leads to discouragement. And when you're discouraged, just nothing goes right. I mean, just absolutely just nothing. When, when you're just focused on everything that hasn't gone right, then discouragement sets in. And when discouragement sets in and you just let that keep on festering, that leads to burnout. And that's when we just say, you know what, it's not worth it anymore. How many people do you know used to be in this church? I'm not saying they left this church and went to another church. I'm talking about they left this church and they're just done. Probably a lot. They focused on their failures. Things just didn't go their way. Things didn't go the way they expected. They focused on failure. That failure led to discouragement because, man, is this, this how God works? I mean, I'm just I'm coming in and just things aren't going right. And is this just, is this just going to be my life from now on? They focus on those failures, that discouragement leads to burnout, and then it is done. I don't want to be burnout. I don't want to focus on those failures. I can't do anything about them anyway, because that leads to discouragement, and discouragement leads to burnout. And I don't think God's pleased with a burnout Christian. That's not what he wanted. That's never what he anticipated. So focusing on your failures, focusing on that, on that past, that stuff that's behind you, it's going to mess you up. And um, I skipped the verse I was going to read that talks about uh, the, the workman that, that plows, turning back. You, you can't do that. Uh, because if you're focused, if you're trying to drive that way, and you're focused on this stuff over here, have y'all ever noticed, have y'all tried to do that? And you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Let's say, anybody ever ride motorcycles? Okay, okay bicycles. Most of us have ridden a bicycle. It might have been a while, but you've ridden a bicycle. All right. Been quite, it might have been some decades, I don't know, but you've ridden a bicycle. But you're doing this, and all of a sudden a, a dog starts yapping behind you, and you turn around to look at the dog, and then your wheel starts turning this way. Or you turn, and your wheel tar- starts turning that way. All right, so you're focused on what's behind you. It's going to cause you to wreck out. I mean, let's be honest. That's what's going to happen. And so we had to do that. And, uh, we had to, you know, we actually had to take a class to learn how to ride bicycles for the police department. You realize that? They don't even trust us to ride a bicycle. I carry a gun, and you can't ride a bike without taking a class. Come on. So we, we did. Now, funny enough, we did learn some things in the class. Did you know I can ride a bike up the stairs? Anybody ever rode a bike up the stairs? Hey, there's one, two. You maybe. All right. There's a couple. Yeah, you can ride them up the stairs. They taught us how to do that. But the one thing they did do, they taught us how to maintain your steering wheel or your, your handlebars, right? I'm, I'm used to driving. I hadn't rode that bike in a while. How to maintain your course even while you're doing this. The key is you don't focus on what's back there. That's the key. You give a quick glance and you keep on going. Quick glance, keep on going. That's all you need to do. If it's bad enough back there, you need to turn around. All right, so I mean, you're just going to keep going. You deal with it. But uh, it's, it's all you need to do is just a quick glance. So when you look at the past, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong at glancing back at the past. We learn from the past. The issue is when we're focused on the past. If I completely turn around this way, that bike's going to kind of keep on going with me, and I'm going to run off in a ditch, or I'm going to land in the hedges or something, and it's not going to work out too well for me. So the key is learn from your past. Absolutely. Don't forget it. I don't think we can anyway. The stuff you want to forget, you can't forget. The stuff you want to remember, you can't remember. It's the way it works. Our brains are weird. So 
Don't focus on the past. Glance back, learn what you need to learn from it, and move on, move on forward. That's how you get past that you did run well and you get back in the race. All right, so the past failures, but how about this? And this is kind of strange, I'm just, but hear me out. Past successes. You say, well, how's that going to mess me up, man? Successes are great. That's good stuff. I love it. Well, here's the issue. If that's all you've got is your past successes, that's a problem. God's not just the God of yesterday. He's the God of today. He wants to do something amazing in your life today. He doesn't want you just to remember and focus the good times you had in the past. We've had some amazing times here. You've had some amazing times over the many decades that you have been here. And many of the rest of you have been here for decades. And you've seen God do great things throughout those years. Or you've been someplace else, but you've lived a while and you've seen God do great things. Don't, we don't forget about those things. They're great. They're amazing. We tell people about, man, God did this last week or he did this last year. But what's he doing today? Don't forget about the stuff back there. We ought to take that and learn from it because we learned that God works. Serving God works. We learned it because he did it last year. He did it the year before that. He did it the year before that. He's doing it last week in the last service. He's doing it right now. We learn from those things. But we can't just hold those for success today. God wants to do something new. You're saying about new grace. God's wanting to do something new today. It's not just about what he did last week. So we can't just hold on to our past success and think, oh, we're good. God blessed last year. Amen. Well, what about this year? What about next year? We can't just hold on to those, those glorious times. We think about uh, Camp Canaan. Uh, it's the first time I really got to meet any of the people here at Canaan was when we went to, to Camp Canaan. We would come for uh, revival meetings, different things like that as a, as a young teen. But I didn't really get to know any of the people here until we went to camp. Got to know the people here, great people. Had a great time. We saw God do amazing things through those services. Really did. Young people getting right with God. But there's camp meeting again this year. May not be at Canaan. There's an opportunity for these young people to go to camp and see God do amazing things again this year. Amen. We don't just hold on to what you know, Canaan used to hold back in the day. We remember those and we glorify God for that. But we can't just hold on to that and say, oh, well, God blessed this church 10 years ago and that's all we've got. We can't hold on to that. What's God doing today? He's still doing amazing things. Don't hold on to those successes as, uh, as today because God wants to do something again. But another thing, how about this? You remember your past success? Let's say you were a, uh, say you were a Sunday school teacher. No, let's go past that, past Sunday school teacher. Let's say you were the pastor of a church. Now think of uh, my former pastor, Ken Jakes. He was pastor of Harmony for quite, quite a few years. And uh, he, he resigned because he was getting, honestly, he said, look, I'm, I'm getting too old to go around and do all the visits and do all the stuff. Because you realize that pastoring is not just getting up here and preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's a whole lot more to that. I mean, Pastor Ingram sits over in his office and, and talks to, I don't know, countless many people trying to, trying to help them get through different problems, marital problems, uh, personal problems, other different issues that he's dealing with. People, talking to people on the phone, all these other things, making visits, all this stuff that goes along with being a pastor, leading a flock. 
And so Ken Jakes, he, uh, he was my pastor, is my very first pastor who I grew up under. And, uh, and he resigned the church and he ended up coming here. All right? And when he came here, he wasn't lifted up in pride. He didn't say, hey, I was pastor of a church, y'all got to stick me in a Sunday school. No, he was happy to usher. He was happy to do whatever. Whatever the pastor wanted him to do, he was happy to do that. He just wanted to be a productive member of the church. He didn't have to be anything special, anything, you know, look at me. He didn't want any of that stuff. He said, I just want to be a productive member of this church. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a help. How do you go from being a pastor to being a doorman? Think about it. Some people are too lifted up in pride. They'd never do that. Like, you want me to hold doors open for people, welcome people in? I was a pastor of a church. Are you kidding me? And they look at their past successes, and God can't do anything with them today because they're holding on to the past. Don't be that person. Ain't none of us too good to clean toilets. We can do that. Am I right? All right, there's a few amens. All right, I like that. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. None of us are too good. Not a single one of us. We're all made of the same stuff. Every single one of us made of the same stuff, and God can do the same thing with each and every one of us. God used a murderer, Paul, to preach his word. He can use us to do great and amazing things, but he can also take you and use you to just make sure this place is clean. It's presentable for people as they come in. They walk into the church. They walk into the, to the house of God, and it looks good. It smells good. That's important. I go into a place, and it smells bad, man. I got to go. I'm serious, man. You walk into some of these houses we walk into, I was like, now let's step outside. We got to talk out here. I can't do this inside. No, it's, man, it's important. It's very important how we treat the house of God. And some people are just too good to deal with those things. Don't be too good for that. Past success, too lifted up in pride for past accomplishments to be used of God today. I used to do bigger and better. I'm not, I'm not going to do this lesser stuff. There is no lesser stuff. All of it is important. Think about it now. Come into the house of God. You might have amazing preaching, amazing singing, but like I said, you walk into this church house and it smells like rotten meat. Ain't nobody going to come back. They don't care how good the preaching was and how good the singing was. They don't care. Or they come in and the place is immaculate. It's amazing. Singing's great. And then a preacher gets up, gives his opinion on something, never opens up the Word of God. There is no power of God in the place because the preaching of the Word is not happening. We're missing a key part. How about this? Now, we're, we're kind of special people. We've talked about the building. You come in, the building's nice. Preaching, preaching's fantastic. But there is no singing no singing. None. Zero singing. Think about that now. Isn't that a key part of the service? It really is. I didn't say it was the most important part of the service, but I said it was, it's a key part. That's something that gets us, it kind of washes off some of that world off of us a little bit. Kind of gets us in the right mindset to receive God's word. It really does. Because I think about this, man, I've been at work all day, and man, these guys are just, these people that work in this office building, you know, I took an admin job Oh, this is horrible. I'd rather be kicking indoors than sitting at a desk. This is horrible. And what it has done is it allows me to be here on Wednesday nights. So that's good. So there's, there's some blessings in it. But I'd rather be kicking indoors than sitting at a desk. But 
the people that work in that office think that every piece of paperwork that comes across their desk is an emergency. I was like, you understand that we pull cars over, point guns at people, and do all kinds of stuff like that. None of this paperwork is an emergency, not a single bit of it. And I've come from that building with all those emergencies, those little written emergencies. Whew. Yeah, it's time to come here, sing some songs, and get in, the, get in a better spirit. It really is. So it's an important part of the service is what I'm getting at. It really is. You can come in, beat down from the world, come in, sing some of these songs. Higher ground. I like that. Now, I don't know about that my faith has found a resting place because you might have told some of these people to go sleep on the pews. I don't know. I love the song, but that wasn't no cue for y'all to fall asleep. Y'all got that right. Rick, you got it. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't clicking anymore. We, we got to rewind it. All right. But here's the point. There's nothing that is insignificant in the kingdom of God. Not a single one of you are insignificant in the kingdom of God. But also, not a single one of you is more important than any of the rest in the kingdom of God. All right? We all have a place. We all have a purpose. Let's fulfill that purpose. All right, so we've seen the past. We focus on the past, we're going to have problems. Focusing on the wrong focus on the present can cause us problems too. Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Verse number 27. Everybody's familiar with this passage. We're going to read it anyway. <clears throat> Remember that Jesus is walking on the water in the middle of a storm. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And that always kind of confused me a little bit. Because what if it wasn't the Lord? He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come out in the water. Well, what if it wasn't the Lord? And he said, yeah, sure, come on. I always thought it was kind of weird. But anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I remember now, he's walking on the water. He's doing something that none of us have ever done, probably never will do. And he is focusing on Jesus. He says he's going to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Now, I honestly don't give Peter too much. I mean, I'm not going to mess with him too much because... How many of us really and truly would have said, Lord, hey, if it's you, let me come on out there with you. I want to do what you're doing. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't have even thought of that, to be honest. I would have looked at him and said, hey, you're supposed to be in the boat with us. Why are you out there? The storm's coming. You're out there just wandering around in the water. I need you in here. You're my captain. I need you right here. I would have never even thought about asking to go out on the water. So I'm not going to give Peter too much mess for that. But he did, obviously, he had an issue. Same issue that we all probably would have had. He starts out well. He's looking at Jesus. And then he starts, he starts looking around. And then no, he's no longer looking at Jesus. That was his problem. I mean, he started out, man, his faith was great. I mean, I don't know any of us that would have that kind of faith. Step on out. I'm not even going to step off this. I'm going to hurt myself. I wouldn't have done that. But he did. He did something that none of us have ever done. None of the other disciples ever did. He did something amazing. God did something amazing for him. He answered his request. Hey, if, it's, if it's you, let me come. He said, sure, come on. 
and let them walk on water. I don't know how long that lasted. I mean, it could have been a ways. It could have been a while. That's a short way, though. So I don't know what short way means. After a little while, after a few minutes, after a few seconds, I don't know. But he got his eyes, he got his eyes off Jesus. That's a problem. How many of us, when the storms are beating around us, we get our eyes off Jesus? We're focusing more on our circumstances than we are on the King of Kings. I mean, I, I think it's pretty practical. That's, that's where most of us land, I would say. We look at, oh, I don't have enough money. How am I going to pay these bills? Oh, I can't tithe because I've got to pay these bills. Ah, Lord, how am I going to trust or how, how's this circumstance going to work out? How's this going to work out? How's that going to work out? How's my job situation going to take care of itself? And we look at all these different things that are going on around us. Oh, this person's treating me bad at work. Boo-hoo. I mean, we cry about everything. We really do. We are the whiniest bunch. Think about it now. We really are. We got nothing to cry about. And I find myself whining about the dumbest stuff. I just told you, I'm crying about sitting at a desk, man. It's horrible. Man, it really is terrible stuff. I'm whining about sitting at a desk. It's not hard work. It's boring work. It's boring. I'm not that kind of guy. I'm just bored to death at work all day, every day now. Hmm. See? I'm whining. I'm up here preaching and whining at the same time. I don't know if that's talented or terrible, but I'm doing, getting it done. But, yeah. So we find ourselves crying about every little thing, whatever it is. The, the mail didn't come on time. I didn't get my tax refund on time. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. I didn't get the car I wanted. The car I got got a scratch on it because somebody let their shopping cart come and you know, hit the side of it. And you know, I'm crying about that. Does it still get you from point A to point B? Probably okay. See, I fixed that problem. My wife knows. I just got her a pre-scratched car. You don't have to worry about it. Get her car, it's got scratches all over. You don't have to worry about a thing, man. It's great. See, you got to think. got to think. Pre-scratch car. You, I'm telling you, next time you get one, that's what you get. You don't have to worry about it anymore. But we focus on present circumstances. What's going on around us, the storms, the trials, all that. Forget about that stuff. How about we, we deal with the one who's over all that? We deal with the one that says, peace, be still, and the storm's just calmed. How will we just look at him? We focus on him, and we're not going to have to worry about all those things. Don't be a has-been Christian. You did run well because you get caught up on your circumstances. How about this? A wrong focus on worldly substance, worldly gain. It's not wrong to have a nice house, nice car, any of those things. Get you a pre-scratch when I'm telling you. It's the way to go. It's not, it's not wrong to have any of that stuff. The problem is when that stuff has you. The problem is when you go after that next promotion that pulls you out of the house of God because, hey, it's a dollar more an hour. You realize that's not much, right? Like I did the math, man. By the time I took this promotion and I can't do my side jobs anymore, I took a pay cut. I took a pay cut to take a promotion. What kind of promotion is that? It's crazy. Make any sense. But it allows me to be in the house of God. From the world's point of view, it doesn't make any sense. I'm telling you, from my point of view, sometimes it ain't making a whole lot of sense. But you got to look at those things. 
Does this allow me to be in the house of God more? Does this allow me to be able to be at church functions more? Those different kind of things. If it does, I don't say that God's opening up a door there. There was a time I took a position, same place, another position that I didn't really care for, but I had the most fun at that position because I got to make my own schedule. It's great. Fantastic. Make your own schedule? Anybody ever had a job like that? I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking about you stay at home, work from home kind of thing. I'm talking about you go to work and they said, you know what, you can make whatever schedule you want. It's a few. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's great. I took that job. You know what? It was another pay cut. It's a pay cut, man. Every time I get a promotion, it's a pay cut. It's weird. But I don't know it doesn't make any sense. But each time I've done that and I've taken that pay cut, it's allowed me to be in the house of God more. That was a time when I was able to help out with children's church some years back. It, I wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise because I was on a different schedule. Couldn't have done that. Take a pay cut, get a different schedule, make your own hours, come to church, be able to help out at the house of God. It's a great way to be. Don't be focused on the money. Don't be focused on the substance. Focus on what you can do for God. And we're able to use that and do those things and be able to be a blessing here for a while and help out in those areas. And it was great. God blessed. All because you make a weird decision to take a weird job that you really probably don't like. But you know what's funny about that? I did what I was supposed to do. I followed God. God said, do that. And it turned out I really ended up liking that job. It was the most fun I ever had because I could still do all the fun stuff. I didn't really have much of a boss, made my own hours, and I could be in church. It don't get any better than that. I mean, it really doesn't. It's fantastic. The whole point is don't focus on the substance. If I had been focused on the substance, I never would have took that job. I lost money. Wouldn't have done it. This, this job that I just took, if I was focused solely on the money, I wouldn't have taken that job. Doesn't make any sense. Right? You can't focus on that stuff. Right? Don't worry about that stuff. That stuff will mess you up. Always focused on that bigger house, that, that nicer car, all that other stuff that you want. Don't, let it, don't do it. And then a wrong focus on relationships. Now, this one's going to sound, may sound a little bit weird. You're responsible for your family, men. You are responsible for your family. That's not the weird part. Uh, that's just a fact. God gave them to you. That's yours. It's your responsibility. Don't mess it up. All right? But you have to be able to balance all the regular family stuff. You know, the disciplining of the children and the, and the spending time together and the, uh, just, just the regular day-to-day -day stuff. You have to balance all that stuff. But you still need to be here too. Amen. Right? Amen. Does coming to church take a good bit of time? Think about it now. Just being at church, not really all that much. Now you've got me tonight, so I mean, it might take a little longer, but you know, you get what you, I'll, I'll, I'll try to finish up. Rick, they don't like you when you do that. All right. So, <laughs> but you got to focus all. Focus on the family, do all that stuff, bring them to church. But you, you got to get them, get them together. You got to get all, get all of them dressed. And Rick, it takes you longer than most, right? It does. So he's, he's got more of them. It just is what it is. Uh, we're catching up. Don't worry. The foots are catching up too. 
All right, so it takes time. you got to get them ready. And then for us, man, it takes a while to drive here. We've got to get them here, do all the stuff. It takes time to balance doing the normal family stuff, the regular sitting down, just having family time, coming to church, doing all these things. We've got OPSAT coming up. There's all kinds of activities, different things to be at. And balancing all those things, also going out door knocking. You know, OPSAT's not the only time you should go out, you know, telling people about Jesus, right? It's not the only time. So you got to focus all those things and get all that stuff, but you got to do it in the right way. You have to absolutely do it in the right way. Some people, when they get married, they drop out of church. Or, you know, they get married, they're still fine, they're still coming to church, everything's great, but they have that first kid. And now things are different. Then they had a second kid. It's definitely different. And uh, Brian can attest, and I'm about to find out. Number three is probably really, really, really different. But after that, it don't really matter, right? After three, it doesn't matter anymore. It's all the same. But, <laughs> but you, got, you got all this stuff going on. Don't lose focus on what's most important. Because if your relationship with God's not right, then your relationship with your spouse will not be right. Your relationship with your children will not be right. And their relationship with you won't be right. If you're not all focused on Jesus, it's going to be messed up. So we have to have a right focus. Don't let a relationship get you out of the house of God. Those young people here, don't let a relationship get you out of the house of God. A lot of people, it happens to them. Because the only thing they ever wanted was to get married. Then they get married and they found out, oh man, I messed up. <laughs> this person ain't as godly as I thought. Man, or they found out you weren't as godly as they thought. Uh, they find out, man, we really get to know each other. And we find out, you know what, we're all flawed, very flawed individuals. And it can mess you up because you get to focus on that, that relationship and it can cause a strain on your relationship with God. We have to be careful with that stuff. All right? Don't let a relationship ruin what you're doing for God. Don't let it happen. Work those things out. You know, if you're already married, you say, well, I think I got the wrong one. Nope. You got the right one now. You already married. You got the right one. That's the one God has for you now. You work that stuff out. You get right. You get on for God. But, yeah, you say, oh, well, I messed up. I'm going to try again. No, that's not how it works. All right? You work that stuff out. But don't let that relationship mess you up for God. All right? Don't let it happen. You had the wrong focus on your relationships. You'll be a has-been Christian. All right, we looked at the past. We looked at the present. Got to move on. Let's look at the future. You say, well, how can looking at the future mess you up for running your race? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Once again, a familiar passage. I'm not really giving you all anything new. This is more of a healthy reminder. Philippians chapter number 3, verse 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards the mark. You know one thing that will mess you up as you think about your future? 
procrastination. Think about that now. I've got tomorrow. I can always do that tomorrow. I can always witness to my neighbor tomorrow. He looks like he's in a bad mood today. Well, he's always in a bad mood. They're always in a bad mood. Think about it now. When's the last time you knocked on a door and they were just absolutely just, thank you for coming. I was looking forward to talking to you. I've never had that happen. I've had people be cordial, but I've never had anybody super excited that I was there knocking on their door. Hasn't happened to me. Maybe it's happened to you, and I appreciate that for you. Congratulations. I'm thankful that you had that experience. But I have not had that experience, and if I thought about that every single time, I was like, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. Maybe, maybe next week. Maybe next month. Turns into maybe next year. Turns into never. You had the wrong view on your focus, on your uh, future. The wrong focus on your future. You'll procrastinate, and you'll never do anything for God. Never. You have good intentions. And never, never do a single thing. How many people are like that? When they're younger, they're like, well, you know, when I get a little older, I'll be able to do a little more. Young people don't fall into that trap. Because that is a trap. Satan's, he's not worried about just completely snuffing you out. He just, hey, if he can get you to just, ah, maybe, maybe next year, when I get a little older, maybe when I can drive, then I'll be able to go around and do things for God. Or maybe when I get a job and I have money, then I can do things for God. You realize the more stuff you pile onto your plate, the less time you'll have to serve God. Think about it now. Those of us that are a little older, you think about it. It's, oh, well, when I get married, then I, me and my spouse, we can go out. We can do more for God that way. Can that happen? Yeah, absolutely. But it tends to be a trap because now you've got to pay attention to your spouse. You want to spend time with your spouse. Build that relationship, and that's good. But now you have even less time to serve God. Well, I'll, you know, once my children are grown, then I, once they're out of the way, because like right now, man, y'all saw my kid up here, right? Y'all made, they made the mistake. I saw it. They made the mistake of putting him right here. And this is what he's doing. And I was like, man, he's going to break those little fake flowers, man. He's going to rip them right on out. He's going to do it. So, no, what, maybe when they grow up, then, then I'll have time to serve God. Well, by the time I grow up, man, I'll be a, my grandparents' age, man. I, I got started a little late, you know. So if I'm waiting to serve God until my kids grow up, especially if I keep having them, my goodness. Well, on three, all right. If I do that, then I'm never going to do anything for God. Think about that now. Procrastination. You, you might not be a ye did run well. You might be a, a never has been. I don't, definitely don't want to see anybody that's been a never has been. You never did anything for God. All right, some of you have done great things for God in your life. But God wants to continue to do great things through you now. And right, I'm encouraged by Dr. Childs continues on, continues serving God, all right? You don't move as fast as you used to, do you? No. He don't hear as good as he used to either. <laughs> he doesn't. It's facts. He knows. He's looking at me now like, man, you just made fun of me, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I'm just stating facts. Those are facts. But the fact that he is still here, he's still pushing forward, he is still encouraging people, he is still as best he can... He comes up to me, calls me by name, and he actually gets the right name now. That's good. 
He, he knows. He knows. He got that one. So, but he is trying to be a blessing. He is doing his best, letting God work through him to be a blessing to others. Age is not a factor. It really is not. But I'm telling you this, don't wait till you're his age to start serving God. Don't wait. Procrastination will kill you. The wrong focus on the future. We procrastinate. <sighs> Fear of failure. We talked about soul winning. So many of us don't go on somebody's door. Why? We already talked about it. Because of how they're going to answer that door. Many of you are relieved when that door doesn't open. And you can just take that little track, slide it in the door, and move on. Many times we don't because we're afraid of what's on the other side of the door. We never witness to that person. We may leave a gospel track. And granted, God's word can do a word. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But how, more, how much more powerful is it when your voice is lifted up and you proclaim Jesus to somebody? So much more powerful. We don't do because we have a fear of failure. We have a fear of a, a bad response. Well, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to say the wrong words. Are you kidding me? The God of the universe saved your soul, can't take your words that you kind of jumbled up a little bit and still speak to somebody's heart. He can't take his word and do something for somebody. Don't worry about you. It's not about you. It's absolutely not about you. It's all it is about being obedient. That's it. Take God's word and let it do the work. Amen. You know, I'm not responsible. This, this is, you know, controversial, I guess, but I can't make anybody get saved. Can't make a single one of them get saved. But I can still tell them about Jesus. Isn't that what he told me to do? So tell them about Jesus. Well, they're not going to listen to me. Who cares? You did your job. You did your job. Do your job. What's your vocation? To be a Christian. That is your job. It's time to do our job. Simple as that. It's very simple. It's not hard. We make it hard, but it's not hard. We just get lazy. We, we, we get lifted up in pride. You know that when you, you have a fear of failure, it's really pride? Oh, well, people are going to be looking at me and looking down on me. It's a fear of failure. It's just pride in a different form. Don't be lifted up in pride and afraid to speak to people. It's not about you. Have, how many of y'all, uh, I don't know if y'all saw this on some, uh, it's probably on YouTube or something like that. Uh, you remember the, the comedian, magician's pen and teller? I think you've, I know you've seen this. I, I forget which one it is. Maybe it's teller. I don't know it's pen. I don't know. Anyway, guy gets up there. He's not a Christian. He absolutely will tell you he's an atheist. He's not a Christian. Makes no bones about it. But he sits there and gives this uh, little monologue. And he says at one of his shows, a guy waits very patiently in the very back of the line, waiting for him to sign you know, autographs, do all this stuff. And he waits to the very end. And he says, hey, look, I really appreciate your show. Really, really amazing. I always love these things. But I want to give you this. And he gives him a New Testament. And he witnesses to him. He doesn't get saved. Like I said, he's, he's an atheist, self-proclaimed atheist. Says, I don't believe in God. He's like, but, he's like, that did touch me. And I don't remember the exact words, but he said this. 
If you really believe there's a heaven, you really believe there's a hell. Really and truly believe that. And you believe that what and you believe that your faith, what you believe, would save somebody, would send somebody to heaven, they would get saved, they would go to heaven. If you really believe that, how much do you have to hate somebody not to share that with them? That's coming from a lost person, coming from somebody who does not know God. How much do you have to hate somebody to not share the gospel with them? If you really believe it, if you really believe that Jesus is the only way, you really believe the faith that you're holding on to is really and truly the only way, and that everyone out there, if they don't believe that same thing, are going to die and go to hell. If you, don't, if you really believe that, how much do you have to hate them not to share the gospel with them? So that's very powerful, especially coming from somebody who's not even saved. So don't worry about a fear of failure. Don't worry about failing. God's got all that under control. And then we focus on the wrong prize. Who's the prize? Jesus is the prize. I mean, he really is. He's, he's the one I'm going after. He's the one I want to see. He's the one that I want to please when I'm right with him. I want to please him when I'm right with him. And when I'm right with him, I'm focused on him. I'm staring straight ahead. There may be stuff going on over here, stuff going on over there, but they're not going to distract me from focusing on the prize. You think about somebody who's in a race. And uh, I know Usain Bolt is big and uh, fastest guy in the world. Has he been beaten yet, anybody know? Still hasn't been beaten? Here's the thing I don't like about that guy. Not that he's super fast. I think it's amazing. Dude's fast. Breaking records and stuff. Here's what I don't like. You ever watched him race? He's not paying attention to the finish line. He's paying attention to the cameras. I mean, he's running. He's faster than everybody. Nobody's catching up to him. But he's not focused on what he's supposed to be focused on. He's focused on this. He's focused on the crowd. He's playing it up. It's just, I don't care for that. He's a, he's a showman more than he is an, as an athlete, really. And I don't care for that because he's saying, hey, look at me. Look at how great I am. He's doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the races, a guy gets up right next to him, and I'm thinking, man, he really needs to pour it on now because he's going to end up losing finally. And what's he do? He turns over and he smiles at this guy as he's still running. He's distracted. Now, he, fortunate for him, he still won. Good for him. But how many of us, if we're in that race, we go to turn this way to look at somebody, and, man, we just, <laughs> just fall all over ourselves. I mean, man, I, I got to be focused on what I'm going after or I am going to lose it. I turn this way and, and just eh, crash out. But that's what we do as Christians. We're supposed to be focusing there, but we look at this guy over here. Yep. Oh, look at what he's got or look at what she's got. And we end up crashing ourselves out, wrecking ourselves out, wrecking our lives. All because we're worried about what so-and-so has or what so-and-so else thinks and uh, all these other things. Listen, don't be a has-been Christian. Don't get distracted. Don't be one of those you did run well. We need to finish that race. We need to press towards Jesus. That's where we're supposed to be pressing towards. We're pressing towards Him. Are you still in the race? Have you given up? I'll say, I'll say you haven't. You're still in church. So I'll say you haven't given up. But maybe you're living a, a dried-up kind of life. We talked about things dry up a little bit. But we can experience the rain. God can rain down those showers of blessing. Amen. But we got to continue to stay focused on Him. 
and all that other stuff works itself out. It's temporary. Think about it now. It's temporary. Your house situation, your money situation, your clothing situation, whatever else you can think of, it's all temporary. But what's eternal? Souls. Each person in here is a soul. You're primarily a soul. You're not primarily a body. You're primarily a soul. Now, I can only see your body. Can't see your soul. It'd be kind of weird, I think. Maybe a little creepy. I'm not sure. Well, think about it now. Rick, if you lost an arm, are you still Rick? Yeah, you still are. It's one arm Rick. And so, if he, if he loses a limb, he's still the same person because he, he's a soul, not a body, because we're going to lose this thing. And we are. We're going to lose this thing. This thing's going to be just gone. Poof. Whatever. I'm going to get a new one. Maybe a little taller one. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? One with a little more hair. Yeah? Brendan knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, just a little more hair. Be nice. I don't know. Maybe we all get up there, we're all bald. I have no idea what we're going to look like up there. Maybe that's, you know what, maybe that's what it's going to be. The rest of you just haven't caught up yet. We're just ahead of the game. That's right. I have no idea, but this stuff, this stuff's temporary. It is. So let's not focus on it. Let's focus on what matters. Go out here, we focus on God, we focus on Jesus, we focus on winning souls, discipling people, getting people in church, getting them to understand the Word of God, getting them to love the Word of God. Do you even love the Word of God? We do all these things. That's what matters. Let's do those things. Then you can run well. Then you don't have to worry about being a has-been Christian. I don't want to be a has-been. Let's pray.